Hello, you are listening to the Nourish Gut Podcast. This space is for the woman who is suffering from digestive issues like IBS and SIBO. I am your host, Carly Raven. I am a naturopath, clinical nutritionist, gut health expert, and mother. My mission is to help educate you about IBS and SIBO and take you on a journey to resolving your digestive issues. I will have real conversations and give you solutions that I know actually work. So if you're ready to be bloat-free, poo better, have more energy and become free from the fear of food, then you are in the right place. Hello and welcome back to another episode on the Nourish Gut Podcast. This is part two of a two-part series that I've been talking about in terms of small intestinal fungal overgrowth. So if you haven't yet listened to part two, sorry, part one, I would recommend hitting the pause button, heading back to the previous episode and diving into that because I kind of introduce what is small intestinal fungal overgrowth and we go through um, an overview of it um, and some of its coexisting uh, conditions like IBS and IBD and even start talking about testing and some things that you can start doing um, from that perspective. Today we're going to be diving into um, some of the treatment and also me giving you some tips and some starting points um, if you suspect that you do have a fungal overgrowth. Um, Before we get started I do also want to kind of remind you all that this is general advice um, and doesn't replace the advice that you would get from a healthcare professional um, and it is not medical advice so uh, in terms of this being treatment advice please make sure that you go and get personalized care uh, because this is how you're going to get the best results Uh, because not everything can be prescribed to everyone And sometimes there are things that are better for you in your specific case or what else might be going on for you. Because what I see in my practice is often it's not just SIBO or CFO or IBD. There's other stuff at play. People might be on medications, other herbal therapies. And we need to make sure that what you're doing is safe. So please um, do not take this as treatment or medical advice and always seek help from your medical professional or your naturopath. All right, we're going to start talking a little bit about the treatment. Um, And I also, I'm not sure if you guys know, but I mentor um, other naturopaths um, and health professionals Australia-wide in terms of complex gut health cases. Um, And so today I do want to kind of talk, you know, to you guys as general people who are suffering potentially from, you know, candida infections or yeast issues or small intestinal fungal overgrowth. But I really hope that the practitioners that are listening are also going to take some things away from this episode um, because I think there's a lot that we can do to help our patients um, who have um, small intestinal fungal overgrowth. Uh, From the research that I've currently been doing, um, there isn't like a solid information like research base. And I think that lots more research needs to be done. A lot of the studies have been done in vitro or on animal, animal studies and things like that. So I would love to see, you know, over the next five to ten years more research coming out that's really you know a lot stronger in this area but like what i talk about to my practitioners who i mentor is that we as practitioners can also do clinical observations on our patients and using our knowledge and our naturopathic toolbox to get really great results with patients as well 
And just because something isn't researched doesn't mean we can't trial it in a safe way. So um, when it comes to the naturopathic treatment of fungal overgrowth, sometimes the first stage is actually reducing uh, allergens um, and you know from the environment or from food um, and I love to do a little bit of a yeast challenge um, where we actually start to remove some of those uh, mold inducing or yeast high yeast foods from the diet for up to five days um, and then we bring those foods back in and we monitor symptoms during that and I think that's a really great place for everyone to start so if you're listening today and you you know maybe you've thought that you've had candida or a yeast issue or you eat those foods and you suspect that you know they really are a trigger for you um go all in remove them all out and then for just for five days and then monitor your symptoms and if you get a reduction in that that is a really great clue that you know something else is going on and it may be an overgrowth of uh candida or uh uh fungus in the small intestine and this is where i would then reach out and get health help from a health professional because that's when they can start to come in with their naturopathic and nutrition advice that's personalized to you so in our tool bag we have beautiful herbs Um, and what i love about our herbal medicine is that not only are they antifungal or antibacterial or antiparasitic but they're also anti-inflammatory or they modulate the immune system or they calm the nervous system or they reduce cortisol or they might work specifically on a worm and what i see time and time again is it's not just one thing going on so when we're using these herbs they have primary actions and maybe that is to remove the the fungi or the candida from your gut but they're also going to be reducing inflammation healing your gut you know helping with those immune mediated responses that may be occurring because of an infection in your gut and this is the stuff that medications can't do like their primary role and their mechanism of action is to kill as an antibiotic for example they're not going to you know talk to and modulate the immune system in the same way that these herbs do And the best thing about these herbs is that they're generally safe. We always need to check with like what medications or pregnancy and lactating and things like that. Always, always, always take them under the um, supervision of a health professional. But they are generally, you know, from a point of side effects, do not have side effects. And so you can really get started with some of these things. Um, And in my training that I recently did for um, my level two uh, mentoring program, We even look specifically at these beautiful strains of probiotics that have actually been found to reduce the colonization of candida in the gut. But what I found really interesting is it can actually be used as a preventative. You know, there are specific strains that can be given to patients to prevent candida from even occurring. All right. Because one of the big myths out there is that you can't take probiotics when you've got SIBO or CIFO and an overgrowth. And that is not true. You can actually use um, probiotics for, you know, specific issues that might be going on, whether that's inflammation or they can have an antimicrobial action or, you know, there are some strains that specifically work on yeasts as well. So we can absolutely use probiotics, but it's again looking at the research, looking at the specific strains rather than going in with broad strain probiotics which might pose an issue um, for patients for example with SIBO or uh, a fungal overgrowth as well. 
And so there are, you know, quite a few different herbs and there was some, you know, different comprehensive reviews and systematic um, reviews that were done, you know, that showed some beautiful herbs like garlic um, and some of the other ones were like green tea, propolis, um, licorice root, uh, even cinnamon, ginger can have really beautiful effects on candida. And we can introduce these things as food. So if you're currently, um, you know, experiencing a candida issue, food as medicine is really, really powerful. So you can, you know, add in some green tea, beautiful organic green tea as a herbal tea. And you could do green tea and turmeric root and licorice root. There's the three all in one in a beautiful tea, for example. So there's so many little things that we can start to do. Um, that can actually benefit, you know, the treatment uh, when it comes to candida as well. Um, medically, um, obviously, this is kind of beyond my scope of practice, whereas uh, I have done some research in this area because I'm often referring and I want to make sure that, you know, my treatment plans go for, that I've trialed the natural options for long enough so that I know whether I need to refer my patients on for medical options. Um that the thing is that some of these medications can not be safe if there's liver issues um, for pregnancy and lactating women, um, and it can have issues to the intestine and the, and the colon and things like that. So I think if we can try and avoid these um, medical um, antifungals, that I think that's the ultimate goal. And Sometimes not every patient responds um, to the natural treatment and they do need to go on and get the medical treatment. But I, what I see in my practice is so f- that the, the natural naturopathic treatment is often skipped or not done for long enough. Um, and it goes straight to the, uh, the, the medical options. And sometimes that can, can create in the short term and long term more gut dysbiosis and, and issues as well. So um, obviously, I always work with medical professionals um, and refer and I have an integrative approach with my patients for this so um, you know when I see a non-responding client we will refer on um, and so that would be the case for you if we started to work together and treat the candida and things like that Um, but I just wanted to kind of mention that in there because it is needed in in some patients Um, you know and and the length of treatment is really important like we want to make sure that we're allowing at least three months for naturopathic treatment. And one of the biggest things I want to share today is that sometimes we want that instant gratification. We want that instant wellness. We want to go from A to Z within four weeks and to feel better. And I get that because sometimes the patients I'm working with are extremely fatigued. They're so unwell. And all we want so badly is to feel well again. But we have to embrace the journey between A and Z. And if we rush that process and we skip steps and we try to, oh, you know, it's, 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 you're missing the opportunity of gold. And naturopathic treatment does take a little bit longer. You know, we're working on multiple pathways and systems within the body. So if you're currently treating it and you're not getting there quick enough, I really highly recommend that you practice gratitude and pause and allow your body the time that it needs to respond because it isn't going to be quick okay 
But hopefully within those three months, you're, you're, you're seeing those changes. And um, what I do with the, the practitioners that I mentor is educate them about what to do if there's plateauing. What What is your second option? Where's your third option? And what do you do after three months if they're not responding and things like that? Because there's all of these different pathways and not everyone is going to be on that same path. All right. So take a deep breath in. Everything is going to be okay. And I want you to know that you are going to get where you want to be in terms of your health. And one of the big elements of getting there is believing that you can and trusting that you can and surrendering to that that feeling of like that race, that resistance, that that rushing, that the desire being so strong that you're missing the process and you're not allowing that process to take place okay um and if you've been experiencing these things for years and years it could take six to twelve months for this to rectify okay so i really want to move everyone away from that mindset of these quick fixes and you know, and I feel like that's why people opt for medications in a lot of the cases, but sometimes that creates another issue that then needs to be solved. Whereas if we went down the naturopathic pathway, we could get similar results without the negative effects as well. But sometimes we go down the naturopathic road and we get 50% better and then we try the, nat- the uh, medical option and we, we can get that final response as well. Okay, so it may not be super straightforward, but just trust in that journey. And this is why working with a health professional is really important because you can take that burden and that thinking process off yourself and put it onto a practitioner so that they can look after you. Okay. Um, now, when it comes to the diet, there are a few quick things that I want to kind of chat to you guys about. Um, there's different ways and processes and things that you can use. Obviously, you're wanting to uh, remove and avoid as many yeast Uh, high yeast foods as possible things like sugars and sweeteners are most likely going to be an issue Um, and those high mold aflatoxin like foods are most likely not going to be an issue as well but always work with a you know a nutritionist or a dietitian or a naturopath or someone when it comes to implementing these dietary therapies because you need to come off them You, you know a dietary therapy needs to be used like a medication we can't cut all these foods out and not add them back in in a in a healthy way as well i'm really really passionate about that and if you've been uh, an an avid listener of my podcast you will know that now and so i don't want you to kind of run away from today and start trialing all of these things and cutting things out of your diet you can definitely do the yeast challenge but if you're seeing an improvement on that you need to work with a practitioner so that they can help you with these further dietary recommendations Um, because you also want to make sure that you're mentally ready because we don't want you to develop this relationship with food that isn't healthy. And when you're in not a vital state, mentally and physically, I have seen that happen time and time again. So we have to be really, really careful there. 
Um, we can definitely do, you know, elimination diets and things like that um, of different foods and gluten and dairy and, and stuff like that. Or you can do food intolerance testing um, to really isolate what type of um, issue is going on for you. And you might even like to do microbiome testing as well to then look at, you know, specific dietary recommendations that you can combine with avoiding those yeasty foods and sugars and stuff like that to give you an even enhanced treatment plan i think all of these things are really really important um and uh then looking at other you know motility agents to help with the motility of your bowel and the clearance of bacteria um and probiotics and gut healing nutrients digestive enzymes you know getting your blood tested and then taking things like zinc and b12 and iron depending on those results is all really really important so that you can get to a point where your health is restored and you're feeling vital again so that is a lot of information to kind of digest so i want to just kind of give you the next step if you've kind of had a stool test, which is the most common thing that I find patients come to me saying they've had candida or they've got candida, the first thing you need to do is question the validity of that test because you can't necessarily say that you do have candida from that. But what you can do is the yeast challenge and see how you respond from that. And you can do food intolerance testing or microbiome testing. And there is that antigen blood testing that can also be done. So you want to get these investigations done, you know, and you want to make sure, is it SIBO as well? So you might like to do a SIBO test. Sometimes your practitioner doesn't need to do all of those things. And this is where sometimes working with a health professional can actually save you money as well, because they can use their high level of knowledge and expertise um, to, to cut through that and to see exactly where you might need to go without even needing to test. Because sometimes, from a, from from my perspective as a clinician, um, I always say to the, the the clients that I'm working with or the pracs that I'm mentoring, is this test going to change the way I want to treat you? And if this answer is no, then we're not going to do it because that's going to save you money. Okay. And so then, if you're responding negatively. Uh, sorry, if you're responding positively to the yeast challenge and you're finding a reduction in those symptoms, that is a really great clue that those yeast containing foods are an issue for you. And that's where you need to take that next step with your um, healthcare provider as well. And that's where they can start to implement all of the other therapies that they're trained in as well. So naturally, you can then continue to kind of um, avoid yeasts and sugars and uh, those mold, high mold-like foods. But if you don't address the underlying cause of what's going on, which is what the doctors and the naturopaths and all of that need to do with their tools, like the herbs and the probiotics and the medication, then you're going to have to avoid those foods forever, kind of like the FODMAP diet, the low FODMAP diet. This is the Band-Aid approach that I really want everyone to move away from. So I hope that today has encouraged you to trial some things and the last two episodes have made you think a little bit more critically about candida infection overall, because we don't know what is, you know, from the research that I have done, we don't know what a healthy percentage or baseline of candida in the gut should be. And if you're someone listening and you know that and you've got some research, please send it my way. I would absolutely love to, to look over it because I'm yet to see. And that makes it really hard clinically to go by stool testing and implement these things. And, and create treatment plans. So you've got to start thinking critically about the diagnosis of candida, especially from an intestinal point of view, 
because it is it isn't like a straight clear-cut thing um and if you're getting a great response with eliminating those foods and you that's not the only thing you need to do and you do need to seek further and treat the underlying cause um, and get a holistic treatment plan in place if you have any questions please come and send me a message on instagram or send me an email if you have like further information to add to this conversation or research i absolutely again would love to see it um thank you so much for listening um and i will see you next time on the podcast bye guys did you like what you heard leave us a review if you'd like to learn more about my nourish gut program or the nourish gut kids membership head over to my website Would you like to be a part of a community that gets it? Join our Facebook group, Nourish Gut Community, or come and follow me over on Instagram. All of these links can be found in the show notes. Thank you for listening, and I will see you next time on the Nourish Gut Podcast.